1: Welcome to Season 2 of Shadows at the Door, the podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we purvey ghostly tales in the form of audio drama and follow up with spirited debate and discussion. We're absolutely thrilled to be back, releasing Episode 1 a little early to entertain listeners during a no doubt long weekend indoors. Episode 1 features the return of our popular protagonist, Professor Troughton. The good professor first appeared in Season 1, Episode 1, and again in Episode 9, and while you may enjoy this story more if you've previously listened to those episodes, it is by no means imperative. The professor finds himself defending the pursuit of paranormal knowledge in a tale written by myself, which I've called, Blessed Be the Man. What's more, this episode is our first full cast drama and features special guest star Professor Elemental. Join us after the story for more information. But for now, it brings me great pleasure to once again ask you to gather around the fire, pour yourself some tea, so that we may begin. Topic, topic, talk.
0: Topic, topic,
1: and if you're just joining us, we're continuing the second half of our debate, Diligent Discourse. And I am indeed joined in studio by two learned gentlemen. With me still are Professors Geoffrey Troughton and Sean Hill from the Universities of Warwick and Bristol, respectively. Welcome back, gentlemen. Now, Professor Troughton, you've been somewhat on the fence about the existence of ghosts. ...going so far in a recent article to say, and I'll quote you directly here if I may... Please. ...perhaps some truths, truths that may be far grander and more incomprehensible than we can possibly imagine... ...are simply too revolutionary for us to fully accept. Yes. So what did you mean by that?
3: Well, exactly what it says. The universe doesn't owe us condolence or consolation. It does not owe us a nice warm feeling inside. And yet we're all desperate for exactly that, so much so that when evidence appears to the contrary of our terrestrial understanding, we're too quick to disregard it rather than analyse it and consider the ramifications, to simply consider that we may not have known everything.
1: Professor Hill, I see you're shaking your head there. Yeah, I've
3: heard these sorts of arguments before. The problem that
2: we have here, what we so often have, is that so-called evidence in question
3: is usually simply delusional or anecdotal in nature. Right. But a delusion, by definition, is something that people believe in despite a total lack of evidence. And what I've put forward is that simply perhaps we should reconsider what we have previously disregarded. Which brings me back to my point. Look, I'm not
2: calling anyone a liar. We all suffer from false memories. We have what appear to be memories, quite clearly in our heads, for things that didn't even actually happen. It's one of the areas of research that we're really interested in at Bristol, actually. And uh, I'm well aware of false memories, Professor. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure you are. But perhaps your objectivity
3: has been clouded by... Faith? No, I'm not talking about faith, and I think you know that, Professor. Faith is an excuse to evade the need to think to evaluate evidence, which is the opposite of what I'm suggesting. So what exactly are you suggesting, Professor? How do we separate
2: highly convincing hallucinations from alleged real-life events without explanation?
3: Professor Troughton? I feel I'm being cornered on what was initially a thought exercise a thought exercise you published in New Scientist. I'll point out there were favourable responses to that. But if you were to pin me down on this, I'd suggest a psychological evaluation of the individual or individuals reporting the sighting, followed by an Occam's razor approach to eliminating all other explanations. Then, and only then, do I feel we could begin to explore the possibility of the supernatural – but a better minds than mine would need to advise on those steps. My field is history, after all. OK, so, psychological evaluation. Now we're in my field.
2: Why is it you think most, oh, I don't know, alien abductions are reported by working-class, lonely people in low-income Middle America with typically
3: low education? Oh, that's one hell of a generalisation. I'm just talking about statistics, Professor. Besides, I'm not talking about aliens.
2: Quite right. You're talking about ghosts.
3: Uh, By using these words, you're seeking to undermine my argument by making it appear outlandish. Perhaps you're going to quiz me next on the Loch Ness Monster? Or the Jersey Devil? At this point, I'd like to point out that I'm not arguing for the existence of the supernatural per se. I'm simply advocating receptiveness, much like Jung before me. Fair enough. I'll return to my previous point, which was that most
2: sightings of the supernatural or the unexplained are usually by those less balanced. (sighs) ouch. Or or, or those uh, under a great deal of stress. And, Professor, with the greatest respect, I understand that these new opinions of yours came soon after you suffered both a physical assault and the loss of a friend and colleague within the same year.
1: Anything to retort, Professor
3: Troughton? Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Well,
2: look, I'm sorry, but it is relevant. I dare say I might have similar experiences after going through the same. Most of us have had experiences which have verged on hallucinations,
3: even. You're quite right. I've long considered my experiences, and I wouldn't be so frequently risking my reputation had I not carefully considered all the factors. I understand the mind's ability to deceive, I really do. However, if something is true, no amount of wishful thinking will change it. And that's where I find myself, faced with an inconvenient truth, looking for answers like any good scholar.
1: What do you say to that, Professor Hill? Looks like all Professor Troughton is asking us is to keep an open mind. (laughs) Well, I'm all for keeping an open mind,
2: but I don't want to keep it so open that my brain drops out. Charming. Let me put things another way. Professor, you lecture history, yes? Specialising in the Tudor period, yes. But in your wider studies, how many religions have you seen come and go? How many gods disproven? Witches
3: falsely accused? And yet amongst all that, the sighting of spirits has prevailed. Almost all cultures report sightings or belief in ghosts. It's even spiked in certain periods, and yes, there are many rational explanations, but among all the falsehoods and fakes could be genuine sightings. I don't know what else to tell you, Professor. I wish I had better answers for you besides anecdotal evidence or what-if scenarios. (laughs) I'm probably not as entertaining a guest as the show had hoped. <laughs>
1: Nonsense. Although listeners will be pleased to hear we have an actual medium coming onto the show next Thursday to channel the spirit right here, live in the studio. What?
2: Good grief.
1: That's it for today, guys. My thanks to Professors Troughton and Hill for joining me on Diligent Discourse.
3: Um, thank you.
1: Thanks again, guys. Real pleasure. Uh, here's our runner. He'll show you where to go. Okay
3: this way please after you All right, Thanks. Just around the corner here ah first radio show was it? on this topic yes otherwise no. Well, it was uh, certainly interesting. hmm quite. Right, here we are. Thanks again. Exit is just here, the way you came in. Oh, and there's a member of the public waiting to see you, Professor Tratton. Me? Hmm. think they have something to sign. They've been quite persistent. Okay, thank you. Thank you.
2: Look, I apologise if I overstepped the mark in there. I didn't mean to bring that unpleasantness up. You know how debates can be. Well, yes. Well, then it's settled. Excellent. (laughs) Ha ha! Firm handshake. Right then, I'm off. Ah, 4.30. I mean, that's technically evening, is it not? Perhaps a glass of wine. Best
3: of luck, Professor. And same to you. Safe travels.
2: Good evening, madam.
0: (laughs) Good evening.
3: Indeed, indeed. Thanks for waiting, miss. Right, I'll leave you to it. I hope to have you back another time, Professor. (laughs) That'll be the day.
0: Professor Trouton. Ah, hello. I was hoping you'd sign my book.
3: Oh, it'd be my pleasure. Roses by other names. <laughs> this takes me back. I hope you haven't put yourself out in coming down. I was in the local Waterstones a few months ago.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Um, I was just listening to the show out there, actually. I thought he was rather harsh.
3: Oh, I'm quite used to that by now. So who am I signing this to?
0: Underscore Spooky Doc. Hmm?
3: Underscore sp- <laughs> Oh, Dr. Parkins from Twitter. <laughs> How sly.
0: I couldn't help myself.
3: Uh, but I thought we were meeting tomorrow.
0: But please, do sign the book. Honestly, I love your work. The Tudor period has never been so entertaining.
3: And duck. Thank you very much. So why are you here? I had us down for ten in the morning.
0: Well, I thought you'd like to see the site before we get into the nitty-gritty tomorrow.
3: It'll be dark before long. Do you think there'll be much benefit?
0: There's something to be said for atmosphere, and and I don't think you'll get the alone time once you're surrounded by the other academics.
3: Quite right. Uh, Should we depart now?
0: Yeah. Did you drive?
3: No. Uber.
0: Great. I can save you the fare.
3: I wasn't really expecting to see the site before I had opportunity to review your notes in full. Uh, we're looking at early 18th century, aren't we?
0: Very early. Uh, 1701, it looks like. Precise. Well, I've been able to ascertain a lot from the parish records. The remains found are almost certainly those of one Martha Good. Oh? It seems Martha and her husband uh, moved to the area from Manchester. They live not far from here, just by an old oak tree.
3: An oak tree? That details in the records?
0: Well, that's just it. Just as they arrived, it was noticed that a pine tree had started to grow from the trunk of the oak. Um a tree within a tree, effectively. Hmm. Well, if that tickles your interest, you can imagine what the locals were like.
3: Strangers come to town and a strange new tree grows?
0: And all during a bad season for farming. They lost their shit. Oh dear. Exactly. And back then, there was a belief that witches could turn into elder trees and... Never mind that this was a pine tree. It's so stupid. Anyway, the records describe a neighbour who tried to fell the tree to no avail. But as he cut into a branch, it bled.
3: Of course it did.
0: Tell me about it. So, because Martha was allegedly seen the next day with a bandaged arm, it was all enough to have the poor woman executed for witchcraft. woman. Oh, she was one of scores of women put to death around here at the time.
3: Hardly surprising. Why have justice when you have superstitious conjecture?
0: Exactly. So the official line is that you're here to help us identify burial rituals and the like. Burial rituals?
3: I thought her remains were found at the roots of a tree.
0: The tree, yes.
3: They buried her under the oak pine tree.
0: I suppose they found it fitting somehow. Twisted logic, really. Have you come across anything like this in your findings?
3: A Tree burials? Not to my knowledge, though this isn't the sort of insight of mine you're after now, is it?
0: No, but that's no secret. Your reputation precedes you, Professor. Some of the students have figured out why you've taken an interest.
3: But you invited me.
0: An invitation that didn't avoid scrutiny, I'm sorry to say. There were more local experts, I could have asked, some within the university even. But, my department, my rules. Besides, you were the natural choice to ask after, well, after it all went down.
3: Yes. Have you seen or heard anything since?
0: No, not for a while.
3: And you think I will?
0: I'll be entirely honest. I don't want you... ...to see anything.
3: But that's not what you said online. We're here. Well?
0: I want you to disprove it.
3: But you know as well as I... I
0: know, I know, but... ...if there is anything close to an expert, it's you. It's hard to argue against what you've seen, even if you were arguing against yourself on the radio.
3: I'm still not entirely sure myself. I just know I'm unsatisfied by my current level of understanding.
0: Well, I believe in you. I mean... (laughs) Christ, if it were me, I'd be screaming that ghosts were real from the rooftops.
3: I'm sure the university would enjoy that.
0: (laughs) Oh, you have no idea. That's why we're here now, really... Off the record. You
3: know, it can be very dangerous for me to be off the record on this topic.
0: I didn't drag you to Suffolk for trepidation, Professor.
3: Geoffrey, please.
0: Oh, oh, OK. Then you get to call me Roslyn.
3: Roslyn it is.
0: This is it.
3: So this is the churchyard?
0: This is it.
3: Oh it's truly autumn now, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And it'll be dark before you know it. Right then,
3: let's take a look. You know, for all my apprehension, this is almost exciting. Yeah? Well, here we are. Two academics pushing the limits of our understanding. Pioneers, as it were.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a very grand way to describe two fools ghost hunting in a graveyard.
3: (laughs) Very good. Oh. This is the tree.
0: Strangely beautiful, isn't it?
3: That's an understatement. I've never seen anything like it. The oak must be at least fifteen meters on its own, and, and the pine must be what, another twelve?
0: Your guess is as good as mine.
3: A tree within a tree. I, I can't believe it's still here. Uh, oh. oh, and here we have the excavations. And uh, the remains were here, within the roots?
0: It was like the roots had wrapped around them, uh, trapped them, even. Mm. They were quite difficult to remove without damage.
3: The night of your sighting, this was after the bones were moved?
0: The next evening.
3: Cursed be he who moves my bones. Sorry? I beg your pardon. Uh, Shakespeare's grave... Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones.
0: But why would she want to stay in an unmarked grave under a tree?
3: If I may speculate openly. Please. I dare say you're looking for logic where there isn't any. Or rather, if there is an intelligence at work, you're looking for benevolence when there could only be malevolence.
0: I'm not sure I follow.
3: Perhaps after the initial great injustice was committed, there was simply anger. Anger seeking to lash out. And now the remains have been disturbed. But we're jumping ahead. It's, it's getting dark. I expect you want us to stay and keep watch, as it were? Yeah. And I trust you brought a flask...
0: Uh, um, no. Um, but there's a Costa coffee not far from here. W- want me to nip in the car and, and get us something?
3: That would be lovely.
0: Uh, tea?
3: Um, no. Uh, hot chocolate.
0: <laughs> Daring. W- will you be okay on your own?
3: Of course. See you soon. Won't be long. You know, there comes a point when a man realises he has simply stood in the dark waiting for something that in all likelihood may not occur.
0: How's your hot chocolate?
3: It's hot. And chocolatey.
0: Mm, I think the chocolate's congealed in the bottom of mine. So,
3: shall we discuss your sighting?
0: I'd rather not.
3: It's just a fox.
0: I know that. I'm just on edge, that's all. See? I'm okay. It's
3: fine. You should have seen some of the states I've been in this year. That bad? I still struggle, as a matter of fact. I'm sorry. Thank you. The university covers my therapy, actually, though I do feel intensely patronised at times. Well, uh, let's move on, shall we? So, you're sighting, let's... let's treat this as exposure therapy, shall we?
0: Well... I didn't see anything, as such. I... I heard something.
3: What did you hear?
0: I heard the trees. I heard the branches bend and creak like they were about to snap, but there was no wind. I know how this sounds, but it was like they were alive. The whole area came alive and and seemed to, to bear down on me.
3: This was after the rest of the team had gone home?
0: That's right. After the discovery we set up, removed the bones and I was last on the scene. And that's when everything came alive. This is why I was vague online. It's so bloody hard to describe. There was no ghost as such, no singular presence, just the trees watching. And then they started to re- reach Okay, what is that?
3: Likely the fox or a cat, Roslyn. There are reasonable explanations, you know this.
0: You're right. Ugh. I'm sorry.
3: Don't be, Please. Fear is good. Fear keeps us alert. You heard on the radio earlier, we have to remove the obvious before we look at any other explanations. Process of elimination. I'm ready to believe as much as you do, but all I hear right now is the natural sounds of the environment.
0: Okay. I mean... Do you feel watched right now? Do you? Yes. Ever since the first moment, especially now, near these fucking trees, I wouldn't even be here if you weren't with me. You don't feel it.
3: I haven't stopped feeling watched in some time. And I'm trying ever so hard not to let my imagination get the better of me right now. Let's continue, because we both know you won't be able to speak this freely in front of your peers tomorrow. Okay. So, you said this Presence followed you? Something
0: physical? In a, in a manner of speaking. There's a tree by my house. For the last few nights, calm nights I hasten to add, it's been knocking on my bedroom window. And no, it doesn't usually do this. It's too far from the window.
3: This is literally the first time it's done this?
0: Yes. Tell me you heard that. I did. Then, going by your logic, I'd say somebody is with us.
3: So it would seem.
0: Hello? Hello? Um. Kids out for a drink, maybe? Something like that.
3: Is someone there? Let me use the torch function on my phone. I There we are. It's bright enough.
0: Keep scanning. Shit! What? (gasps) There! I don't see anything. I saw something right there. Move your light back. No, no, further left, there. I
3: don't see anything.
0: I know, but there was someone there.
3: Man? Woman?
0: I couldn't tell.
3: Are you quite sure?
0: Yes. <sighs> no, I, I don't know. I haven't slept in days, okay?
3: I'm entirely open to the possibility that you just saw someone. Either our imaginations are getting the better of us, or, well, if something is here with us, then it has a choice. Come out, show itself, or we'll keep hiding. Is this how it was when you were first here?
0: More or less.
3: Is this what you want? Fear? Because you're in luck? (laughs) We are frightened. Troughton. If you want somebody to listen, we can listen, we can help. But so far, all you've succeeded in is scaring us. And what does that accomplish? Troughton. What?
0: The tree. It's moved. Moved? How exactly? It's closer. Closer? The branches... They're nearly touching you, and I swear they were six feet away a second ago. I think you might be right. Oh, fuck! We should go. Fine. Yes.
3: Okay. Do you see anything?
0: No, but there's the car. Come on. Wait.
3: I'm trying to see if they're moving, I have to know. Get in! Just another few seconds. Okay. (sighs) How are you now?
0: I'm tired, Geoffrey.
3: I can imagine.
0: I suppose you can. I'm just so fucking tired. Did you see anything at the end?
3: I don't know. The wind had picked up. They were moving for certain, but unnaturally, I couldn't say. It's possible we both overreacted. It's also possible we... uh, We didn't.
0: No further forward. I've been on edge like this for days now.
3: I think either way, you need some sleep.
0: That we agree on. I can't bear to sleep in my own house, though. That fucking tree.
3: Why don't you come and stay at the hotel with me?
0: Mmm, <laughs> Professor.
3: Not like that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I could get a second room That's or...
0: kind, but no. I couldn't make you do that.
3: Perhaps I should come to yours. I sleep on your couch, perhaps.
0: Tell you what. If you stay in the house until I fall asleep... I'll reimburse you for the Uber tomorrow. You don't want to stay on my couch, believe me. And the door's on a latch, so...
3: Okay, consider it done.
0: It's not far.
3: So, you saw the tree move behind me?
0: Well, I... I saw it was closer after I'd turned away. Okay. At one point I thought I saw a few of them move. Not swaying in the breeze, but actually reach out. But I can't be certain if it was just the pine oak tree, or a few of them, or even all of them. Look, can we not talk about it? Leave it till tomorrow.
3: I understand what it's like to be doubted.
0: <sighs> I know.
3: I just have to be sure, to be absolutely, to be completely, utterly sure. Otherwise I'll be chasing every sighting of orbs at British Heritage sites or having to sit in at, ugh, Boreley Rectory, for Christ's sake.
0: (laughs) Professor Troughton, ghost hunter.
3: Please. But you heard how Professor Hill spoke to me, Rosalyn. I'm only ever going to encounter more of that in my career... Soon, Warwick would become too embarrassed and I could find my position untenable. I need a solid sighting that can't be explained away with an allusion to my mental health.
0: That's why I reached out.
3: I know. I don't mean to make you feel belittled. If you saw how many invitations I've received since I started writing about this... uh... But I came to you because I respected your work, your mind, your reputation.
0: And because you were desperate to feature on Suffolk Talks. (laughs) Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Christ, I hope I can sleep tonight. I hope so. I'm treating you, Geoffrey. This candle cost me £14. £14? Pounds.
3: 14 pounds?
0: Wait till you smell it, though. Give it a second.
3: Okay, that is rather nice. Uh, what is that, bergamot?
0: No, um, pomegranate noir, apparently.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: Are you sure about staying a while?
3: I am. Let myself out once you sound asleep. Actually, how will I know? I don't exactly want to peek.
0: <laughs> Believe me. You'll know.
3: (laughs) Right. Look, I don't mean to be rude, but you really do look tired, Rosalyn.
0: I know. If you don't mind, I'm going to go up. I suspect I may even have a clearer head in the morning. Who knows? There's Netflix on the TV, if you fancy it.
3: Oh, no thanks. I have some notes to record.
0: Okay. Can I get you another cup of tea or anything?
3: Roslyn. Please go to bed.
0: All right. That's me told. I really appreciate this, Geoffrey. I feel a lot better with you here.
3: What dark days we live in. A single woman feeling better for a man she's met on the internet lurking downstairs in the dark.
0: To be fair, I have read both your books.
3: Ah, well, there we have it. Basically, family.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Good night, Geoffrey.
3: Good night. Right, then. Test test. Eleven benevolent elephants. Test test. Eleven benevolent elephants. I've always made the distinction that the difference between the work I have been exploring and Blind Faith is that mine is evidence-based, anecdotal though it may be. Today has proven to be inconclusive. There has been no solid evidence, the details of the day I'll get into shortly, but for now I want to record my initial feelings to document how easily emotions, imagination, suggestion can influence a rational mind, and review once my mind is clear. I'm also a survivor of trauma, which would very well compromise the neutrality of this research, as has been suggested by others as recently as today. Note decline all further offers from Suffolk Talks. So is this all simply confirmation bias? Yet when the trauma itself is the gateway, the catalyst of this research, then I do feel assured. Uh, I feel as conflicted as Hamlet, and yet we all know exactly how his indecision affected him. Uh, uh. And yet, despite the rational explanations I've offered, despite Parkin's admission that she is dangerously sleep-deprived, despite everything, I now stand with eyes fixed on trees across the road, dancing in the wind. Is it the wind, or is it something else? Tomorrow I get to review the site during the day, Perhaps the movement of the trees will seem less sinister in the light of day and the presence of others. What is that? Roslyn? Roslyn, is everything okay? Must be fast asleep, poor woman. I suppose I'll give it fifteen minutes or so and call my left. Where was I? Jesus! Oh, Jesus oh. Roslyn? Jeffrey! I'm coming! Roslyn! Good Lord! Roslyn, where the hell? Where we she, she's been pulled out. Oh Christ! I'm coming! Oh, Roslyn. oh, I've got you. I've got you. You're okay. You've just... just some cuts and bruises. The... the tree... What?
0: It... it reached in. T- took me.
3: The tree? I have to move you, okay? I, I don't know if you've broken anything, but you have to hold on to me, okay? Okay. One... two...
0: Me? Three? <clears throat>
1: It's 1.30 in the afternoon, the sun is shining, and most of Suffolk is recovering from last night's freak storm. Phone in and tell us your experiences. Is your car damaged? Cat didn't come home? We want to hear. Okay, we're speaking to Alan about what he saw last night. Alan?
3: Yeah, my neighbour was rushed into hospital last night. Nice girl, works at the university. But, yeah, the wind was so bad, the tree between our houses smashed into her window. She must have got caught in the branches. Poor girl and was thrown outside. Wow. I know. I saw the whole thing while I was brushing my teeth. Luckily, she had a gentleman visitor staying over who rushed out immediately while I called an ambulance. Uh, they both just come back, actually. Looks like she has a broken leg. I said to my wife that the tree was too big, but did she listen? Like hell, she did. Just like when I told her there was a storm coming, did she listen? Go on, guess.
1: And that was "Blessed Be the Man" by Mark Nixon. That's me, and I'm joined by. Well, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment because I would normally say I'm joined by the entire
3: cast. Well, yes, but times change, and so must we. I will always remember <laughs> when the full cast was me.
1: Ah, oh. <laughs> and there you go. We have broken our yes. record <laughs> for a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as soon as possible. Yeah,
3: absolutely. First, the first words out of my mouth, Doctor Who <laughs> he reference. Hello, David. Hello, Mark. How are you doing?
1: I'm do You know what, David? We're back. I'm doing well. How are you? We
3: are indeed back. Yes, yes. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. As Professor Troughton, he, he was exactly the right person to to kick off the second series of uh, Shadows at the Door. I reckon he's he's like uh, putting on uh, an old jumper. All sort of comfortable, and you know what it's what it's like, but you've sort of filled out a bit. It's a little bit tight, um, as <laughs> Professor Tratton uh, is wont to be.
1: I imagine it's one of those vest jumpers, you know, with a v-neck. Something really oh, yes. uncool.
3: <laughs> yes, a sort of Seventh Doctor kind of jumper. Yes, yes. If anyone has a Seventh Doctor jumper, I would I really, really love a Seventh Doctor jumper. Anyway. <laughs>
1: They're about £50, pounds,
3: David. I know, I know. And and all of the coffee money goes to you. So I. You I need can't an OnlyFans account, David. Where uh... <laughs> you've already got all of the audio for the OnlyFans account. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what David doesn't know is um, there's an episode coming up written by Hannah Butler, and uh, there's literally going to be about two pages of various grunting that you need to do <laughs> <laughs> what, for what reasons do... I won't say to not spoil it. Oh, okay, story. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm
3: you're really going to be selling that uh, that extra cd aren't you
1: sounds of alt <laughs> x-rated version
3: <laughs> but yes as you say we are back uh, it is very very good to be back um it's been far too long but uh, life does have a habit of getting in the way so,
1: it does. I mean, there's 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 our normal lives and our jobs and our commitments and, and mm, our families. Mm. And then there's being international superstars, David.
3: Wow. Do you know anything about yeah, that? Yeah, I guess. Um, and then there's sort of been what I've been doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, in October and um, September through to the beginning of no- November was the No Sleep uh, tour across the US and Canada. And then in January was the no sleep tour across the uk and europe uh and that was all a lot of fun um getting to meet a load of shadows at the door listeners which was really really good really fun uh people really appreciated um the podcast so yes mm-hmm. very very good and david would tweet me each time and mm-hmm. uh, i would it was just lovely yeah it's like i've, mm. I've met another listener here's a picture with me ah!
1: And and this is, of course, not only is it a special episode, David, because it's episode one of season two, mm-hmm. but it's our first full and I believe everyone can hear me doing the quotation marks, mm-hmm. it's our first
3: full cast episode. Indeed, yes. I, I've I, I'm not able to fill everything out as oh, once David. I could. Yeah, yeah. But what what what's really, really fun for me as as a as an aficionado, I I am really pleased that we were able to get a super special guest onto the podcast. Um, probably the one of the first times of actually being in a horror fiction podcast, a, a ghost story podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mister Mark Nixon. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> what an anticlimax! He's come
1: all the way from County Durham.
3: It's Mac Nixon. But there are some good people from County Durham. Some very, very good people, like Matt Baker. He's from County Durham. (laughs) He is indeed. He was on Blue Peter.
1: I had a French teacher that used to mention that she taught him all the time. You'll never say Salou was better than Matt Baker did. Yeah, but um, I, Mate, I, I you just
3: you've just got me thinking of William Hague now.
1: Did I sound like William Hague?
3: Yeah, when you when he said Saloo, you'll S- never say saloo like I'm gonna say "benghazi."
1: <laughs> you know, they used to call him the fighting fetus. <laughs> he was the fighting fetus, and Ian Duncan Smith was the quiet man. Oh, God. Yes. William Hager, I believe, was a vampire. But enough about Tory unelected Tory leaders yes. of, the, of the Conservative Party. Yes. <laughs> you know, I actually uh, dipped my toes into voice acting when I was about 16. What? When I was a kid, I used to get really bullied for my accent because my parents were really strict on accents. And so I actually spoke with pretty much RP from a, a kid, and I had big, sticky-out ears, so I used to get called Prince Charles all the time. But um, oh, no. when I was getting into my teens, I didn't quite sound as northern as I do now, and uh, I don't know, everyone just kept telling me to do voice acting, so I, I did it, and I did a voice reel, and I was, and I had actually got a gig doing uh, the traffic reports for a radio station in
3: Newcastle. Oh.
1: Yeah, but I, I had to drop it, David, because I, I entered an exciting career in part-time work in Matalan.
3: In Matalan. Yes. You chose Matalan over the star of uh, the the airwaves that would be Traffic and Travel with Mark Nixon. Well, it was an hour's
1: commute there and back, and it wasn't paid, and Matalan was paying me, and I remember this, mm. £3.30 an hour. Three, whoa. Well, to, to, to fold polo shirts. <laughs> and I, as I was folding those polo shirts, I said, just you wear it. One day I'll be reminiscing on this,
0: Fifteen years (laughs) later, on my very own sixteen years. Sorry,
3: sixteen years.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Half
3: your life ago.
1: Oh, oh my God! (laughs) Moving swiftly on from my impending death, yeah. Just you know, you guys kind of were asking me to. I thought I'd try it. It wasn't a very. It's not a very challenging role, is it? Radio host of Suffolk Talks. (laughs) It's a bit Matt Baker, as David says. It's a bit Matt Berry. Um, so it's just. yeah, it's a bit of fun, and if nobody protests too much, I'll do. I'll do it again. Yes. One day, yes. I may even come close to David Alt. But I. I also did a. I recorded a sonnet for the Unbound. You did. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 is it
3: Un- Unbound Theatre, uh, which yeah. is based in Aylesbury, which is where Erica is. It's where I met Erica because yes. I used to live down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, they are doing. All of Shakespeare's sonnets, all 154 of them.
1: Yeah, and you've done a few, haven't you, David? Cause I have, yes, have. I
3: have. I've, I've done six of them so far, so... Uh...
1: Well, they've asked me to do some more, and there's like five sonnets where he's he's talking to someone who he finds absolutely repulsive. And I lo- mm-hmm. and I love them. <laughs> just, was, in faith, I don't love thee with thine eyes, for they in thee a thousand errors note.
3: I know, Mike. You're just you're just picturing me, aren't you? As you as you say no, all of that. I
1: don't know. The, the the person who he's describing in the sonnet is so impossibly vile. But uh, I want to do some homework because I know there's a few where uh, a lot of scholars believe he's actually talking to a man. Mm, uh, yes. I mean he is in the early ones because he's on about he's convincing him to have a child, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but there are some where I think there's there's for some reason I know that there's 52 scholars that have published papers on thinking that Dick- Dickens <laughs> saying that Shakespeare was was uh, a bit gay. Oh.
3: <laughs> Bisexuality is a thing, Mark. I, I hope you're not going for bi erasure here. Oh Christ!
1: Because <laughs> I get very militant on <laughs> Bi Visibility Day as well.
3: It's very nice to but be yeah. able to to highlight that for you, Mark.
1: Thank you. You're yes. Um, but yeah. Any, anyway, uh, I just think a bit gay sounds funnier sometimes. But <laughs> oh, um, do you think
3: being gay is funny?
1: Oh, shut up! You know, speaking speaking of Shakespeare, David. Yes. Blessed be the man. Yes. We 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 dropped some Shakespeare references in our. Uh, in our story this this week,
3: because we're a very highbrow podcast, we are indeed absolutely.
1: And I think it was you who gave me the inspiration, because I, I I think there was a discussion in season one, and perhaps someone who may remember it better than me can can tweet at me and and let me know. But I think David, it was you who who did who told me the uh, the uh, blessed be he who um oh what is it blessed be he who uh oof. minds these stones yes. And cursed um, be he who moves these bones. Yes. But the, the the plot twist, David, is they did an X-ray on Shakespeare's grave. I believe in at the at the turn of the uh, millennium, just to see what his skeleton looked like. I suppose mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but uh, maybe they thought there'd be a quill in his hand <laughs> or something. But um, they found that the skull is missing. No. Yeah. So. um Somewhere, somebody had Shakespeare's skull on their mantelpiece. You know, maybe it was someone whose wife he had seduced. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be a fan, you know. Or a fan.
3: Who knows, in in 150 years' time, maybe someone's got Mark Nixon's skull on their mantelpiece.
1: Oh, I would definitely haunt that skull.
3: (laughs) But we never know, that's the thing. So.
1: <laughs> and then, like, the haunting, that person would be like, hang on, this haunting is very Shirley Jackson. I'm like, look, it's hard to be original when you're a ghost, okay? Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to slam this door a little bit more and move your keys.
3: <laughs> yes. Woo. So, talking of, of, of Matt Berry, who, who is this Matt Berry? Why, why did you choose to channel him?
1: Oh god! I used to be able to do a good impression of Matt Berry. I don't know what happened to my throat, <laughs> but I can't. I can't do it anymore. And uh, Matt Berry is He's just—I really enjoy. He plays the same thing all the time. <laughs> he plays uh, a, like a somewhat incompetent, misogynistic, sexist, and you know, to varying degrees of intelligence. So he was Mister Renham in the IT crowd, and then he was uh, Toast and Toast of London, where he plays a voice artist, which uh, I absolutely love. Um and I want David to watch it because it's, it's just all the adventures of, a, of an actor. And, because he's an actor and he's ashamed of being a voice artist. Oh. And, and yet that's where he gets most of his income from. Tut, tut The smooth taste of red carpet cigarettes is coming to the Democratic Republic of Congo. Everybody knows that cigarettes are good for you. Red carpet cigarettes. Once you smoke one, you'll want more and more and more and and he's also been in oh and of course a lot of people know matt berry from what we do in the shadows the uh, the tv show where they have like a mockumentary of vampires and Mm. it's uh, it's really funny but i i just i don't know i think matt berry's got a great voice and i try and do the bad impression when we have the the radio ident for suffolk talks (laughs) and yeah uh, just a bit of an indulgence there
3: but I think you you were more excited for the other person that we had got onto the show.
1: I mean, as excited as I, as I was to hear my own voice, mm. uh, yes. you were really, no.
3: you were you were super excited to welcome Gemma Amore onto the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Gemma. is um, a phenomenal writer, and you will hear more of her work in in this season. Of shadows at the door uh, yeah and, and 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 as we discussed in the hiatus episode Gemma is also an actor and it was just a thrill to have her play Parkins which um, as many of you will uh, will not be surprised to hear that of, that name is of course a reference to the to the story Oh whistle and I'll come to you my lad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Professor Parkin uh, I just put an s on it oh so, look cause, at you because you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rebel yeah and, and then of course we have our special guest uh, professor Elemental. Uh, Paul Albra and this and I think that'll mean a lot to a, a niche group of people <laughs> <laughs> because uh, for, for those of you uh, unaware uh, Paul or uh, professor Elemental, is a, is an artist a singer like a rapper of chap hop and, and and I'll let Paul explain in his own words what that is soon but basically it's it's like um, it's like if hip hop had been invented by Victorians. Hmm. And and it's very wholesome. It's rapping about being British. I mean not the colonialisation but the um
3: like being able to cue ab- and um
1: Well yeah, like um
3: knowing how to use a kettle.
1: Yeah, well there's there's a whole song, Cup of Brown Joy.
3: Mm-hmm. Where
1: mm-hmm. um he he raps about having a cup of tea and what, what pursuits he'll do to get tea, what <laughs> strength he likes the tea and <laughs> As everything stops for tea oh yeah uh and um i mean even in his diss track where he he's attacking another chap up artist mr Be the gentleman rhymer he's very polite he's like i don't like your tweeds, sir <laughs> and you have a granddad's mustache and, and all that <laughs> kind of thing but um what i was saying to david before we started recording is is in these in these like troubled times where we're all you know we're all facing challenges right now that to me is a really it's a a really nice pleasure for me to listen to to such upbeat and wholesome music because there's often you know behind the silliness there's there's messages of kindness Mm -hmm. and 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 paul professor he's just a really nice guy and it's just and he brings a lot of pleasure into so many people's lives and then i found out that he's really into horror despite this this nice image you know, he's, he's, he's like, because <laughs> he released this uh, this collection of horror stories called Tales of Wrong that I, w- I was really uh, pleased to get a copy of. And and he, he's done it under the Professor Elemental label. And I was reading it, and at first, well, I was at first I was like, okay, well, this is a bit of a gateway into horror for people who aren't that familiar with horror. Because, I mean, as David will attest, I am somewhat of a horror snob.
3: Well, you you are the editor of a horror publishing house. So yes, yeah, it kind of comes with the territory.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, but at the same time, I, I read more and more, and, it, and it, it kind of it was very much like H. G. Wells, and and there's a story about Springheel Jack, which uh, we, well, we'll talk about in a moment. Where uh, yeah, and I just really enjoyed it. And it's beautifully illustrated, and and uh, we'll we'll put a link to to where you can get a copy in, in the in the podcast notes. But it's absolutely. Uh, it was just really it was just a cracking back to basics collection of bizarre and esoteric horror. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back before Christmas, I think we're talking um, November. I wasn't even early December. I went uh, Professor Elemental came and did a gig in uh, Newcastle. And we'd been talking and uh, I met him before the gig uh, for a bit of a chat, which I will play seamlessly right now. Hello, this is Mark Nixon, sadly sans David Alt, for I am joined by Professor Elemental himself, Paul Albright. Hello, nice to be here in this strange empty room. We're
2: well, not obviously <laughs> empty, we're, we're in it, but other than that, this, um, this podcast is taking place in a deserted sort of meeting room in a spooky hotel, uh, and it feels like we're going to get
1: murdered at any point. <laughs> So, Paul, mm. um, I often drop references of your work into our podcast, but for those of the uninitiated, can you explain what an earth chat-hop is? Yes, it is uh, hip-hop in a stupid hat,
2: basically. <laughs> when I, I often try and explain it to people, like, imagine a Venn diagram where you've got Radio 4's Just a Minute on one side <laughs> and the Wu-Tang Clan on the other side and the tiny little bit where they intersect. Very tiny bit. That's basically where chat-pop is. <laughs> so it's, a very, very, it's basically a very English form of hip-hop, a kind of, like, parody of the middle classes and of uh, the posh,
1: cosier sides of England mm-hmm. with a slightly anarchic underside. <laughs> so it kind of begs the question, then, why horror? Mm. David and I have already been discussing Tales of Wrong. It doesn't seem the natural leap, but obviously you are a, a big fan. That's all it comes down to,
2: It's yeah. just being, being a nerd and being... You know, uh, in total control. Like the good thing about being a relatively small artist is you can do whatever you like. And (laughs) and increasingly, as the professor goes on, he he tends because he's such a strong character. You can focus a lot of creative stuff through him. He's like having a lens to focus stuff through. So if there's any kind of writers or artists listening, the problem is sometimes not having. Uh, enough ideas it's having too many ideas Mm -hmm. but because I've got this one character that I have to put everything sort of through it kind of like focuses it like a laser beam and I just love I love horror like Mm -hmm. I love it so much there's a kind of pillars of sort of comic books hip hop and horror and horror is kind of the one that I in some ways love the most because mm. it's um, still universally reviled and difficult to talk about at polite dinner parties isn't it? It's really—it's not an easy thing to say that you like without mm-hmm. people going oh something's a
1: bit up with them. <laughs> See this is why I say ghost stories because you sound a little bit more refined then. <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> true. Oh ghost stories they're rather classy but yeah <laughs> start talking about
2: the human centipede or the Serbian film at a polite dinner party mm-hmm. with some new friends
1: <laughs> and that's it because in in your song We Love Horror you do pretend to uh, defend the Serbian film have you actually seen it what <laughs> do you I'm <ever laughs> the undead,
2: delighting in the horror best left unsaid in a polite dinner let's begin our next meal with a discussion on the merits of the Serbian film oh it's gone quiet I like certain things I'm not a dirty pervert doesn't mean I go ahead we got to, we, there was a brilliant point for me in horror in like the early 2000s because all of my mates, it was just before we started having babies, and every Wednesday <laughs> we'd get together and watch horror films, and they would go along with it, but I was the most passionate, so I was always like researching. And In the early 2000s, there were these amazing French, sort of wave of extreme French cinema, and there was one film called Martyrs, yeah (laughs) Uh, and and we'd seen so many things and almost every night ended with them just going Paul that was shit I hated it and we'd go oh the next one will be good don't worry and we finally found these films that were actually quite good and then just as we were kind of unable to do it on a weekly basis as all sort of younger sort of things go and people start getting responsibilities the last film we saw was Martyrs Mm. and we kind of sat after that and we were like well, that's, that's probably enough now, isn't it? <laughs> we'll probably leave it there. I imagine you? it's now a support group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I think Serbian film was just—it was, it was like it was—it was it was, funnily, it was sort of funny enough reading about it anyone to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a very good film, probably. It's mm. just like some things like that are quite a good sort of running joke. Or so, what? What is your favourite? What can you recommend? My favourite horror films are probably uh, the original Haunting, which nice. I absolutely love. Um, a film called Let Interior. Um, it's a French film from about 2002 mm. it's the scariest film I've ever watched I just it was, I was so scared Pro- yeah. you know just properly just outright terror which you get so rarely normally you're sneering at it or laughing at it or jumping at it mm. but just to be properly scared mm-hmm. um, and I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's just a really well-made film and it's got so much muck and mm-hmm. grubbiness and the story behind the filming of it, all that kind of, all the lore that goes with it as well, I really like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, much as I like my sort of classy, sort of supernatural stuff as well, I think just being, just, I just want something... Unpredictable and
1: terrifying, like a, like a good zombie film to cleanse the palate. As well yeah, as exactly. On Shadows of the Doll, we profess to be uh, fans of quiet horror, mm. but then I will watch Twenty Eight Days Later quite regularly. Oh yeah, sometimes you know, <laughs> sometimes you need a nice four star Michelin meal. Sometimes you just want a burger. <laughs>
2: no, I'm just going <laughs> to stuff in this zombie film. Um, did you see uh, Borderlands? I have not seen Borderlands. Oh, it's so good. They, like there are these lovely. There are Britain does quiet horror so well. Borderlands and um, A Dark Song as well. Have you seen that? I have not seen that either. (laughs) My God, man. Um, But yeah, both of those are good, really lovely examples. And I think Mm -hmm. Britain does folk horror and does quiet horror films because we're sort of a lot more understated. We don't go running around with chainsaws
1: in other people's faces
2: yeah we kind of you know have a spooky church yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the witch was interesting because that was a very very uh british film because all Ooh. the characters are extremely yorkshire in it and yet obviously american did you see that one yeah that was lovely I mm. really yeah, lovely lovely <laughs> <stuff. laughs> <laughs> that shows the sort of
2: level that i'm working with ladies <laughs> and gentlemen that i thought the witch was just quite lovely no i thought that was that was a great movie really yeah. lovely and i've i yeah, got a real soft spot for sort of folk mm. horror anyway there's something really you know the wicker man would probably be sort of fourth on the list of favorites because it's just yeah, yeah. And, and again, folklore and legend, mm. you know, that's one of the things that we've just got in spades yeah. in the British Isles and Ireland and Scotland. It's just so much of it.
1: And that kind of takes me on to... We both found that we have a big love of spring Hill Jack. Yes! Which, of course, features some Tales of Wrong. I absolutely loved, when I read it, that the opening line was the actual quote <laughs> when the alleged to have caught him in the street Oh, I'm Salem. so glad you got that. That's yeah. so nice. That, was the, that, that very line was the line that
2: scared the crap out of me. There was this massive book in our house... It was the the Reader's Digest book of strange tales and amazing facts. Mm. It was just a big encyclopedia and most of it was really tedious and there was just a few pages and there was this horrible, that sort of iconic picture of Spring Hill Jack from A Penny Dread and the stories that went along with it. And the fact that it was all... So it was the first time I'd sort of seen spooky horror things mixed in with real life, mm. with a bit of ambiguity about the whole thing, no mm. one really, you know, to this day there's still lots of theories and ideas. Oh yeah. That's okay. what makes
1: it good. How come you got into it? What, what like, piqued your interest? Oh, I, I, I used to go to the local library a lot when oh. I was a kid and uh, just picked up, it was like ghost stories for kids and then I moved on to ghost stories for adults and I think the first one I ever read was The Signalman like by Charles Dickens, oh, nice. which is just fantastic. And then of course there's that adaptation, isn't there? Yes. And then um, you know, I used to watch a lot of Star Trek and I liked all the scary episodes. Like the mm. one where that black blob kills someone. Yes. Yeah, and it's just gone from there. But then I, I do get rather snobby about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's snobby about? Like certain kinds of horror or your, your love of it? No, just like certain kinds. Like I hate jump scares. Mm. I just think it's so cheap and I don't like seeing them work. like if we go really quiet right now then you scream at me I'm going to jump and you would be a horrible person for it and it just seems like a cheap way to scare your audience rather than, than building it up it, definitely. And
2: particularly like literally any horror film I've ever seen on Netflix. It's just... Mm. It's, it's all of the imagination stripped away. It's so all the things that make horror exciting is the unpredictability of it rather than yeah. the sort of like, here comes a jump scare and, you know, yeah. the formulaic nature of it is what ruins it, I think. We but. love horror. Nothing quite like it. Got a fresh flick and you're all invited. I know it sounds nasty. Please don't cry. It's only a movie. Why not
1: try it? We love horror. Going back to when you said the lore about spring Jacks, Jackets, didn't they... Wasn't didn't people think Jack the Ripper was Springhill Jack at one point? Or am I making
2: that no, up? No, I think that might be true. And I, I think they were there were definitely similar times and a bit of a crossover there. I did I wrote a song that I was really proud of because what the most likely theory after i have read this book was that it was this horrible sort of marquee, um, mm. sort of duke type chap who was apparently just a bit of a wanker <laughs> and had loads of money and would just go out and scare the peasants. And that sounded like from all of the different theories, that was the most sort of a likely one mm. um, but that in itself because of the kind of level of stuff he was doing is itself is it very spooky and evil just a really horrible rich dude going <laughs> like mm. menacing London and so I wrote this, oh, so often happens with songs that I wrote it down like this is a masterpiece and then did it trying to do it in his character mm-hmm. and it was awful oh. some things work on the printed page and don't work at all as raps and, and I've done it the other way around and like, this
1: rap is a masterpiece I shall write it down for the world to oh no it's shit now <laughs> things don't always translate you, you are a pioneer of rap though not many people uh, oh, I've not many people there's like two people that do <laughs> what you do, do I'd say I'm words. a pioneer of chat pop specifically I can't say mm. I'm a pioneer of rap because
2: mm-hmm. there are literally millions of rappers loads of women loads better than me <laughs> um, but yeah um, yeah, in a, in a field of two mm. I reckon I'm at least the second best one of
1: us <laughs> <laughs> at least well, so what, now that you've kind of I said dip your toes into horror I'm sure mm. they've been well in they've been there uh, soaking in that for some time <laughs> but what do you plan to do more after Tales of Wrong or well I did there
2: was a horror festival in Brighton and at the last minute I said oh can I come and do a show and they mm. said, yeah definitely and I had no idea the best way with ideas sometimes is to put force yourself into a position where you have to create and so like two like weeks... asking people for an interview before they go. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, Right. oh yeah it's gonna happen uh, so yeah they did this little horror festival and um for about a week before the thing i still didn't know what i was going to do so i've written a stand-up show um that is mostly just about my journey through my love of horror and how it relates to my sort of relationship with my dad and all this kind of silliness but then tied it in with some stories from tales of wrong and some of the weirder professor songs that just mm. don't work in a live setting. A lot of the time when you start talking about lobbing the heads off chickens or sticking them on badgers, you can lose parts of your audience. Mm. <laughs> but if you're doing a specific <laughs> horror show, then it works. So it's just, it, but it's sort of a question of marrying up me as a person mm. and the professor as the character yeah. and trying to gel those things together. Because mm-hmm. if it's like Paul's horror show, no one's coming but as a professor I can make it work but you don't yeah, want to yeah. tie it all in
1: I think so many people are aware of, of the Professor elemental label and stuff but it, with regards to the inappropriateness of animal magic I have three year old twins and I regularly play them animal yeah, magic it's love right. it. kids love it kids love all the weirder stuff definitely <laughs> in fact I think you've taught them the
2: word retrospect <laughs> that's a nice though, isn't it <laughs> Teaching language and giving disturbing nightmares to children since 2008.
1: But of course, we've we've got you in this episode. You've uh, been in that. That was fantastic. And uh, I was threatening Paul to try and get him to do one of our drunk story, drunk ghost story episodes when he's next in the north. Yeah, that.
2: I mean, that could. That could happen either next time I'm up here or mm-hmm. later tonight when I grab you drunkenly and go, I want to tell a story, I want to do it right now. So anything, <laughs> anything could happen. Oh,
1: well now everyone's <laughs> got the hopes up. I should probably let you go because I think you're crowded. Oh yeah, you go
2: do a show. Okay, lovely yes, Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Oh, I did, really. I still call you up,
2: come round quick I've found things that will make you sick And you'll just love it like Lecter loves his recipes Like Dr Heiter loves <laughs> his very hungry human centipede We love horror, nothing quite like it Got a
0: fresh
1: and of course he was mobbed by fans at the end So we weren't able to drunkenly record A, a, a drunk ghost story as we discussed But uh, Yeah and, and we've since stayed in contact and, and we've been swapping film recommendations About once a week and then I'm, But then he puts me to shame I'm like oh Paul have you seen this well known horror film From the 60s And he's like yeah have you seen like this rape revenge drama I'm like oh, oh gosh Yeah
3: <laughs> Um, yes, talk yes. about scratching the Victorian veneer and seeing what comes out from underneath <laughs> Wow
1: But but I really need to watch this and I, and I should, in isolation be have more time for movies but I've watched two movies in the last three <laughs> weeks and one of them was a film I've seen many times but I've been working hard on the podcast so I haven't had time to watch all these films but I, I look forward to sitting down and, and watching them but I'm not that mad on very gory films but mm. uh, david and i were discussing uh, off mic um that there are some good exceptions so that there's the film green room which is um one of the best uses of gore that i've seen where it's about this uh this punk band who end up doing a gig for some neo-nazis the lead Oof. of which is sir patrick
3: stewart no yes make <laughs> it so <laughs>
1: Racial cleansing, make it so. <laughs>
3: oh dear, make but, them yeah, go. And,
1: yeah, but I'll I'll not spoil the plot. But uh, as you can imagine, things don't end well. But there are these moments of gore that are that are quite like you like Jesus Christ. But it's done so well, and and it's phenomenal. And it was one of the last films of Anton Yelchin as well. So ah, yes, for that reason, I would say watch it. But um, mm. certainly if I'm going to randomly give you a recommendation for some reason, watch Green Room.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I'm not a, a huge fan of gore at all. I prefer the sort of psychological uh, and sort of ghost story type horror rather than anything with too much blood and entrails and bits. Which is mm-hmm. strange, given the number of times I've played uh, people in no sleep where there is blood and gore and stuff.
1: David, didn't you do a, a story on tour where you were killing a cow or something like that?
3: Yes, that's right. Uh, in, on the second tour, uh, we did Escape the Black Farm and yes, was there was, uh, there was uh, killing of animals and people and removing teeth and various other things like that and uh, pleasant. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was actually the, the tour where we had supporting acts. Uh, and you may not um, know how a supporting acts, yeah, supporting acts for for a horror podcast, for, for a horror podcast. What does that look well, like? Well, in various places, we would have people who had their own horror podcasts. Uh, they would come and do a short, ten to twenty minute um, sort of prase, uh, a special uh, for us to see. So, um, in Los okay. Angeles, we had Darkest Night. They came and did uh, they. They essentially did the first story and then we came on afterwards and, and did Escape the Black Farm and, and finished off. So we, we had uh, Wildclaw Theatre in Chicago and The White Vault in New York City, amongst other things. So, um, yeah, that was, oh. it's a lot of fun.
1: We've, we've, we've had a bit of a favour to ask everyone, haven't we? We,
3: we have indeed, yes. Uh, we've uh, had to change podcasting host uh uh, because unfortunately the previous one uh let's put it uh nicely were crap um and which means (laughs) that we have we won't name them (laughs) which means unfortunately that we've lost all of our listening stats so if you could do us a huge favor and just re-download and re-listen to all of season one that'd be really really wonderful thank you very much
1: (laughs) yeah it's just because you know our sister podcasts have been like oh yeah we've reached ten thousand downloads or, you know, oh, look at this audience that we're getting from you know, from the Azores Islands or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and for some reason, I could only ever get a very limited amount of information. We could never see what stats we were making. It was, you know, and, and you know, we weren't announcing our milestones. And people must have assumed it was either because we're shit or...
3: Modest. <laughs> we're modest. Or modest. We're British modest. and modest, Mark. That's Terribly
1: British. <laughs> <laughs> We've already seen uh, some amazing things in the, in the statistics. Um, I didn't know we had listeners in Chile, for example. Oh, hello, Chile. Hello. Yeah. I knew we had quite. Uh, actually, what was interesting is I only ever got like the top five with our our last provider, and it was uh, America, mm-hmm. the UK, mm-hmm. Sweden, mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. and Australia. And to me. And I know you've been to Stockholm and you had mm-hmm. your superstar moment on the No Sleep tour. But I just didn't realize that. Um, I just didn't realize. I, I You know, like um, I, I thought, yes, all the English speaking countries. But yes, yeah, Sweden. Sweden. Hello, Sweden. Yes,
3: Sweden. The Swedes are lovely, lovely people. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of hugs. Um, we with The uh, No Sleep podcast tour finished there in Stockholm. It was a fantastic night. More than 500 people were there. Such lovely people. Uh, some of them even came to the Copenhagen show, uh, which was two nights before that. Uh, yeah, just brilliant, 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 mm-hmm. brilliant.
1: We'll just have to get really successful and do a international Shadows at the Door tour.
3: Indeed, yes.
1: And then I'm like, oh David, oh we have to go to Iceland. Oh, yes, we've shucks. got five listeners there, and I just want to go on a trip twice. That's fine by me. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and I guess on on the subject of support, I think we really do need to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, why we're here, and you know, we're back with a season two, and it is down to you guys. Um, you, you've you you've backed us, you've, you've 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 reviewed us, you've listened, you've shared us with your friends, you've you've shared us on social media. Mm-hmm. Some of you who were able to, uh, even gave us money, and and you've helped so much with uh, the production of season two. I've been able to feed my children. No, I'm j- <laughs> I'm joking, but. It's it's been much more comfortable to do season two, and it's just I think we're so grateful, aren't we? Dave? We are. That people we are been, very much so. Been that yes. k-
3: kind, uh, and and especially the the people that have been able to do recurring payments. Uh, so every month, it's just been it, it's. Well, oh, that's been a lifesaver. We have those, been yeah. overwhelmed by your generosity. So thank you ever so much to everyone who has donated, and also everyone who has thought. Um, well these these fellows are are quite nice i will tell my friends who like uh quiet horror um atmospheric ghost stories about this podcast so um yes all rates ratings reviews um shares etc it's what you hear from all the podcasts but it really does make a difference and it really does warm our, our sorry little hearts
1: yeah, it really does. And and you know, and what's next for season two? So, like we said in the hiatus episode, there's now gonna be a bit of a gap before mm. episode two. I'll be very honest with you, episode two was pretty much ready to go. <laughs> but I don't want to keep spacing out mm-hmm. the season because I've been a little bit well. <laughs> <laughs> In season 1 I wrote all of the episodes then David recorded all of them and then we edited all of mm-hmm. them and then and then Nico did his magic and and this time we've been doing it one at a time because you know joking aside you know when the muse strikes you've got to you've got to chase mm-hmm. it and and you just want to and and I'm in that kind of frame of mind in my writing uh, journey now where I just want to kind of get it down get it done get it edited and then and then it's ready so yeah episode 1 you've just heard it episode 2 is pretty much good to go episode 5 isn't even finished being written so it's it's going to be at least a month until you get episode two mm-hmm. and then we might do it once a month mm-hmm. and at the moment we're looking at a 10 episode season but and um, particularly if if we continue to get support there might even be i mean david and i as we were setting up the mics we were talking about another adaptation of a classic story mm-hmm. that we both liked and there might even be room for yeah. extra episodes
3: but we, we, we wanted to get this episode out to you so that you had something to uh, feast upon in these strange, strange times. Uh, but yes, we will endeavor to keep all of the audio goodness coming. Yeah, that's, that's all for... The, so yes, I guess for, ne- for now, uh, that is all, but we will look forward to seeing you again soon. Mark Nixon, i let you go. Oh. Right in the feels. <laughs> You've been listening to a Shadows at the Door production. Story by Mark Nixon. Performances by David Alt, Gemma Amore, Paul Albra, and Mark Nixon. Music by Nico Vitesse. Editing by Mark Nixon. Copyright held by Shadows at the Door Publishing. Selected samples of Cup of Brown Joy, copyright Professor Elemental and Tom Carana and is used with their kind permission. Selected track samples of We Love Horror is copyright Professor Elemental and Crespo and is also used with their kind permission. If you enjoyed this production, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you very soon.
2: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd wherever podcasts are available.